Welcome to the Modern Ministry Podcast, where we discuss key issues in contemporary ministry. The Modern Ministry Podcast is a weekly podcast put on by the John W. Rawlings School of Divinity at Liberty University. I'm your host, Jack Carson, and in today's episode, Dr. Adam McClendon returns to talk to Dr. Troy Temple about how we can rightly order friendship and intimacy within our lives, even within a confusing culture. Well, welcome back to the School of Divinity podcast. We're once again uh, joined by Dr. Adam McClendon, who's our program director for the Doctor of Ministry program here at, in the School of Divinity. Um, Adam, thanks for joining us again and continuing yeah. this conversation. My pleasure. Um, we're going to continue talking about uh, a topic that we that we labeled the disorienting loss of biblical friendship, and and I really appreciated the as we began this conversation uh, of how so many of us that may may see a struggle or personally experience a struggle with 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 automatically translating intimacy in a relationship, whether it's someone with the opposite gender or someone of the same gender, that it has to go towards a natural, what we call natural, uh, end that it's more romantic or even sexual in nature. And, and I really appreciate the fact that we didn't try to eliminate the, the urges uh, you know, categorically, but we said that those, those struggles and those desires that aren't in line with Scripture have to be kept subordinate to, to, to the power of the Holy Spirit. But I, I wanted to bring it back to the family. Uh, in the family of God, that is. Proverbs 18, 24, uh, we, we learn that when, when, when a person has many friends, uh, that they are they're prone to be harmed. Mm-hmm. And, in, and that verse says, but there is a friend who's even closer than a brother. And that relationship is, is often, sometimes I think, is, is, is confusing. Uh, but what does it mean to be close? Uh, is is there an element of in, in that in that principle in that wisdom uh, statement that we need close relationships? Uh, it's not just an option to say, hey, be careful if you got a bunch of friends, uh, but if you got one, there is one who sticks closer than a brother. Why 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 is it that that passage contrasts or, or equates or even takes deeper the relationship that we have potentially in Christ uh, and compare it or take it further than the relationship with a brother? Yeah, so I mean. I think one of the things that's cool in that verse is it highlights the point that relationships sometimes get broken and, and hurt. And the more people you have around you who are more acquaintances or companions or your friends, right. oftentimes people who are there because of some benefit you bring to their lives, or we experience that in culture and we see that in the Bible, yeah. that there's going to come a time where you may not be a benefit to them. Or, or maybe it's a better benefit for them to hurt you in order to get an advantage somewhere. But there is a friend that sticks closer to a bro- than a brother. What is that? There, there's a level of intimacy that we can have with people that sometimes is even more profound than familial relationships. Right. And I would even argue there are some intimate relationships we experience that are more profound in that one area than our relationship with our spouse. Mm. Even of whether it's same gender or, you know, I think we have to be careful, at least with my tendency of, of crossed gender relationships. God to protect that relationship with my wife. But we can have other relationships. We've gotten in our mind, especially in American context, that your closest friendship needs to be your spouse. That is a baggage we put on the marriage covenant that no other culture almost in, in the world puts on that. Historically, that's right. That is uniquely an American concept mm-hmm. that this is the closest friendship we have, my husband and wife. We are designed to have multiple relationships, and friendship is to be one of the most intimate and deep relationships we can have. Yeah, that's really, it's an important for a concept. I mean, when it comes to family, 
uh, it's one of those dynamics to where, uh, you know, you have some people who come from families and they give their testimony. They talk about how affirming and how the right. relationships were healthy. And, and I know for, because of our relationship, I know that both of us have family, familial experiences, which are not quite in line <laughs> with that. Uh, right. You know, and, and in, inside of those familiar relationships, oftentimes we, we categorize those as uh, opportunities where we can be honest, opportunities where we don't have to, you know, temper some of the things we say or, you know, we say things like, uh, hey, when, when you're part of the family, you can be more critical about mom and dad or about brother and sister or about this. But if you're not in our family, you don't have the ability to do that. And it's almost as if there's an innate drivenness or, or part of who we are that understands that, that what family means is that we are together, even if we're not always uh, agreeing, right. but we are together. And I wanted to say, how, do, how did we miss that when it comes to the body of Christ? Because a lot of questions that get asked when we think about the scenarios where someone is struggling with intimacy always going towards uh, sexual you know, behavior or demonstrations or, or romantic uh, inclinations. And when someone is struggling, whether it's with the, the opposite gender or especially with the same gender, and they, they're, they're, they're in the church. And when I say in the church, I don't mean just as an attender. They have, they have a relationship with Christ. They, they understand the gospel, but they struggle with these things. Um, and I think the cases are probably not, not really known as prominently as, as other, other issues that we struggle with as believers because there's not always that space where when we're in the family, this is what we can talk about. Yeah, so but your original question is why, why don't we? Unfortunately, I think we're often run more like an organization that takes their cues from the world than an organism that gives life from Jesus and from His teaching and His direction. And so our theology in the local church at times, and I don't want to be overly critical of the church, I mean, there's some great local churches doing it well. But we are heavily influenced by our culture. At the same time, we're also terrified of culture. So what's happened in the church, we've made a hierarchy of certain sins. And there's certain things that, that we just view as taboo. You just don't talk about. Right. And sexual experience is one of them. Even I, I was meeting with a couple today about healthy sexual experiences, and they go, we're allowed to talk about this? And I went, we better talk That's about right. this. Yeah. We don't have a safe space in the church to talk about our sinful proclivities in our previous life and experiences. Wow. 1 Corinthians 6, Paul tells them, and such were some of you. Right. And those sins included sexual sins. And Paul is saying, we know your history, Jesus has redeemed your history, and now we're going to hold you accountable, and we're going to encourage you to walk the life Jesus has for you. So within the church context, I think we really need to capture safe spaces and environments Mm -hmm. that allow people to be real and authentic while also not embracing and exhorting sin. Paul dealt with that in 1 Corinthians 5. But then in 6, he comes back and says, but we still acknowledge our brokenness. That's good. And I think that safe space is something that that, that many people we come in contact with that they're really longing for that and because it's hard to find. And, and, and in as many ways as we see people who, who, who need intimacy, when they don't get it from the safe places, they go somewhere else to find that. And a lot of times when you struggle with something, if you can't find a safe place where you should, you eventually find a safe place somewhere. And then that what that safe place affords is an opportunity to encourage and to, and to, and to guide and to help give wisdom. Well, when, when that safe space isn't the environment of family, which is, which is Jesus' family, uh, who, who function and live according to the direction that He gives us in His Word and are on His mission, uh, you get it from a whole different 
perspective and worldview. And so it, it perpetuates this spiraling away from the original creative design of Genesis 1, especially Genesis chapter 2. And so we miss that intention for relationship when we, when we, so the loss of biblical friendship, I think in some ways, could be, could be really seen as a metaphor, if not literally in most cases, as a loss of true family in the body of Christ. Absolutely. And there's a great book, When the Church Was a Family, that so well and captures a lot of this. But we've gone in the church because we get our cues from the synagogue primarily to directive teaching. Yeah. And we don't often do a good job of creating circles where people can connect on a personal level. So much of what we do in the church is directive, which is appropriate, but where's the communal aspect of the early church? Acts is not just a description of what church was before we are existing today. Right. It's a prescription of God's design for the church even today. So, so we need to look at that and say, how are we creating community? We lost the art of sharing testimonies. Do we know the story of the people beside us? And we can't just relegate that to some small group environment. This is supposed to be the church at large, and I think we need to get it, do a better job of thinking through the communal element of the corporate gathering. Wow, that's, that's it. And, and I think what you said is powerful. In fact, there's so many other tangential uh, or, or other topics that really just flow out of that. When I think about what, what, is, what is true community, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and then we dial it down to, to what, is it, what does it look like in a one-on-one in -on -one relationship inside the family. And so how do we cultivate that friendship, but not just how we cultivate. I think we all, all of us probably have a good idea of how we cultivate friendships. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, are you, you want to join me for nine holes this afternoon? Yeah. Okay. And That's how we time. cultivate. We spend time together. And we spend time together and we find mutual interest in that mutual. So it's three things, right? The mutual history, the mutual attitude, and the mutual experience. And here's the beauty of the gospel. Because of Jesus, yeah. people that may not on any other circumstance want to be around each other. We have a commonality in Jesus that gives us all three of those things so that we can develop a friendship when otherwise we might not have anything in common together. Wow. But because of Jesus, yeah. as He took on flesh, lived for us, died for us, rose again in Him now, I have a common story that connects me with you. Wow. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, we, we, we could go on for days right now because I think this is definitely something that, that, that speaks to the heart of our struggle, not just in the, in the areas of same gender relationships or even in areas that are pulling us away, but just to the soul of who we are. Uh, I mean, we were created in the image of God, which reflects the need for companionship and relationship as we understand a triune God. Right. And, and even in Genesis chapter 2, that the, 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 the only thing that God used not good with is that it's not good that Adam was alone. Right. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad that Adam has people around him, uh, as well as Adam in Genesis 2 was given someone a, a helpmate that is suitable for him. And, and, and we understand that theology of relationship to be really housed in, in, in an understanding of how God created. And, and then we also saw the fall that the relationship wasn't absolved. There was still a relationship and their, their closest togetherness experience in the fall was with each other because then they were separated from God. And so part of the, the reclaiming of these relationships, um, that, that's got to be aiming all these relationships towards who we are in Christ and towards our, our covenant ultimate relationship with, with God. Uh, true biblical friendship is one that has to keep encouraging us in our walk with God and to draw closer to Him. And um, I really appreciate your input on this. This has been, I know it's been an encouragement for our, the community here in the School of Divinity and hopefully uh, for all who will listen and, uh, and take great encouragement, but find some really good uh, handles for, for living this out and ultimately that it, would, that it would really demonstrate 
our love for the church, that we want to come alongside the church in its quest to fulfill the Great Commission and to be a family and to have quality relationships uh, without the taboos and without fear of being misunderstood. So thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. You just listened to the Modern Ministry Podcast put on by the John W. Rawlings School of Divinity at Liberty University. Please reach out to us at www.liberty.edu forward slash divinity if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, and let us know if there's a pressing issue in your ministry that we should address in this podcast.